how many of you honestly and truly want a great body? Why, I don't, Pastor. I'm too spiritual. Oh, you do too. You want a great body. I was looking at magazines this week. There's Men Fitness, Women's Fitness, Glamour Magazine, Women's Health, Men's Health, Baby's Health, Adolescent's Health, Senior Adult Health. There's nothing wrong with that. There's the Beach Body Diet, the PX90 Workout. I saw a picture this week on Yahoo of the guy with the biggest, just said new record bicep. Can you see those arms? That is me. We superimposed his face on, on uh, so I would be humble. Is that not incredible? 31 inches. Mine are 30. So think about that. That is another full inch bigger. <laughs> that, that is incredible, isn't it? That, you, take that off, Kyle. Every guy in here will be, uh, will be thinking about doing curls the whole sermon. So, you know, we, you do. You want to not only a healthy body, but if you're truthful, and you don't have to even be vain, you want, a, you want a good body. You want a body you're proud of and you're happy with. I got some great news for you tonight. If you're a Christian, when you die, you get a wonderful body. Amen. Amen. Now, that's partially great news because the death is part of the process there. But it is in our future. We're in 1 Corinthians 15 tonight. And we're going to look... We're going to look at the, the human body versus the heavenly body. That's our main uh, premise tonight is the human body uh, versus the heavenly body, okay? Now, years ago, this had to happen in my home state of Tennessee. There was some hicks from the sticks who had never been into town, and they came into town it was a daddy and a mama and a couple of little kids, and they had never seen an elevator. So that they walked into this hotel in this town, and they see this elevator, and they're just, you know, people are walking in, the door closes, and different people get off. And so the mom and the girls wandered off, and the dad and one of the boys were standing there, and an elderly lady, very feeble, and, you know, life had been kind of hard on her. You know, she, she looked... She looked like she was nearing the promised land, and she gets on the elevator. Well, they don't know what's going on. They're just watching. A few minutes later, the door comes open, and a beautiful young lady comes out, and, and the dad starts patting the boy on the, his head and goes, Go get your mama. <laughs> Y'all get that, don't you? Okay, there is no magical elevator, but what there is is there is a future for those of us in Jesus Christ when all is said and done, when all is said and done, you are going to get the body that you've always wanted without a beach body diet, without a P-nex, P-nex, P-X, P-Q, whatever it is, 80, 90, you get the drift. Here's some of the ways God compares the heavenly body versus the earthly body. He uses several illustrations. Here's the first, a seed versus the, the plant. The seed versus the fully developed plant in verse 35 through 41. But someone may ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body. That will be but just a seed, perhaps of, of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he is determined. And to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. 
All flesh is not the same. Men have one kind of flesh, animals have another. Birds have another, fish another. There are heavenly bodies, earthly bodies, but the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind. The splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, the stars another, and the stars differ from star in their splendor. You know, the body that you have here truly is a, is a miraculous thing. Your, your body, you may not like it. You might wish it looked different and parts of it behave better. But your body really is a miraculous thing. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful tool. It's a wonderful instrument. But God says... God says the body that he has for us on the other side is like comparing this body being a seed and in eternity that body being a fully developed plant. Now, we, we don't live in a primary agricultural culture or society, but we live in, in, a, in a world where you understand agriculture and you understand a seed. A, I've never seen a seed and I go, man, that is really pretty. Have you? Well, look at that. Isn't that seed neat? But you look at plants, and and they can be beautiful. We've got a comparison here, Kyle. There's a handful of seeds. Is there anything you look at that and go, wow, that is really astonishing. Those are beautiful seeds. No, you wouldn't. Kyle, show us the end product. See, uh, the wheat field is beautiful, isn't it? Think about whether it's corn or whether it's watermelons or whatever your favorite fruit or vegetable is. God says to compare what we have now, which is marvelous, to compare what we're going to have is like comparing a seed uh, to a fully grown uh, corn stalk. You might even think of a cocoon versus a butterfly. I mean, there, there is that big of a difference. I think it's pretty, pretty uh, a vivid picture he's painting. He's trying to say... Your body here is marvelous. It's spectacular. But what God has for you is going to be unbelievably marvelous and unbelievably spectacular. The next illustration he uses is the perishable versus the imperishable. Perishable versus imperishable. In verse 42 through 44, So will it be with the resurrection of the dead? The body that is sown is perishable. It will be raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. You know, I remember as a kid when we'd go to the grocery store, you would see boxes that that would have in bold print perishable. And of course, anything at the grocery store ultimately is perishable. But what that meant was that this was going to fade and it was going to spoil or it was not going to be good after probably a short period of time. And what God says to you and me tonight is that your human body, as wonderful it is, it's perishable. It's, it's got weaknesses. I think you would agree. Uh, we have diseases. We have issues. We, we have limitations. And it's almost in one sense like comparing a tent to a, a brick structure. But the, that illustration breaks down a little bit because even a brick structure can be perishable. Folks, we, we live in a world, and it's probably always been this way, but it's probably more so now that it's obsessed with, with preserving our bodies. Would you agree with me? Business Weekly uh, in August of 2010 said this, in America, in America, annually we spend $88 billion, $88 billion trying to preserve our bodies. 
with hair transplants, with Botox shots, with sun tanning, with everything under the, the, the stars, we do $88 billion. Is that not incredible? Everyone here knows who Arnold Schwarzenegger is, don't you? He was um, a movie star, former governor of California. He was a bodybuilder before he, uh, that, that's what kind of was his claim to fame. He was the seven-time Mr. Olympia. Now, I don't know if it's still true. Mr. Olympia used to be the, the zenith of bodybuilding. It was the, the number one thing. At his greatest, his che- he was he's six foot two. His chest was 57 inches, and he had a 31-inch waist. Now, that's a pretty, uh, that makes a pretty uh, big picture there, doesn't it? Now, his chest has shrunk a half a foot. Uh, his waist has ballooned a half a foot. And Arnold, who's 64, uh, says, I look in the mirror now and I say, what happened? <laughs> you know what happened? Life. We're perishable. You're not taking steroids anymore. I didn't say that. Uh, I, this is still a guy who works out a lot, who runs, who exercises. But we're perishable. Jennifer Aniston. Y'all know who Jennifer Aniston is? The beautiful actress. I read something a few weeks ago that said annually she spends $140,000 to $160,000 a year maintaining her beauty. And men, you thought your wife was high maintenance. <laughs> and what does that include? Well, it includes hairdos, it includes spray tans, Botox, nails, uh, toenails, back hair, whatever. I don't know. She probably doesn't have that. That's, I'm thinking Arnold again. A hundred and forty thousand, you know, getting everything done and redone and re up. You know what? And if she's tithing and she's generous, so be it. You know what? Really, if you've got that money and you're using your money wisely, so be it. But you know what? It's going to end. Ponce de Leon, though, he did not search for the fountain of middle age, did he? Let's find us a fountain that'll keep us about seventy forever. He searched for the fountain of what? fountain of youth. You know what? He never found it. You know where you find it? You find it on the other side. You find it in heaven. He says when he talks about, he talks about our body now and our body that's coming, it's a comparison to something that's perishable to imperishable. Men, hold on to your hair as long as you can. Get fake hair. Do whatever you need to do. Women, Clean up, put makeup on, do whatever you need to do. Don't obsess with it. Do your best. But you know what? It's still going to creep away from you, isn't it? It really is. God says, though, those who belong to him are going to enter a place where there will be no more disease. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more baldness. There will be no more cavities. There will be no need for a suntan. You'll be beautiful 24-7. Even your nails will be done, ladies, I'm sure, in heaven. Isn't that wonderful? The perishable versus the imperishable. Now, here's the next illustration he uses. He uses Adam versus the resurrected Jesus. Adam as being the first human versus the resurrected Jesus. Verse 45 through 49. It says, so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, the life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. The first man was of dust of the earth, the second man from heaven. Verse 48, as with the earth, the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. 
And as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Verse 49, and just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so we shall bear the likeness of the man from heaven. Folks, like it or not, you are like Adam and Eve, okay? I do not know what Adam and Eve look like. They may have been green, but I can tell you they weren't chimpanzees. You know where I'm coming from? They were humans. They were a man and a woman. And my guess is she was a looker and he was a a macho. I mean, they were created perfect. Now, after they bit into the fruit, things may have begun to start to sag. (laughs) But it was good up until that point. They bit into that fruit and Adam said, there's hair coming out of my ear. That was sin, wasn't it? That was sin. That's part of God's humor, isn't it? God keeps a man humble. He takes hair off his head and puts it on his back. Isn't that terrible? Goodness gracious. But that's life. God says, listen, you're like, you are like Adam and Eve right now in that you, you're, you're from the earth. But folks, when we walk onto the other side, we become like the resurrected Jesus. In 1 John 3, 2, listen to what it says. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know, in other words, we don't have it all figured out. We can't understand it. But here's what we do know. That when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Isn't that awesome? Now, I want to share with you a couple of things that being like Christ is going to be like. What, it's going to, what it means that we're going to be like Christ on the other side. doesn't mean we're going to be God. We're going to be sitting on the throne. But, but what it means is talking about our bodies. It's talking about our heavenly beings. And, and certainly the perishable, the seed versus the plant, the imperishable, all those apply. But let me give you a couple more. Number one, we will be recognizable in heaven. Now, that's great. It, it really is good news. Verse 49, as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, we shall bear the likeness of the man from heaven. In John chapter 20, if you're taking notes, Verse 19 and 20, John 20, 19 and 20. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he said this, he, after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw that it was the Lord. You know, as you read the stories of Jesus after the resurrection, it took those, the guys on the, on the, the, the Emmaus road must have been a little bit slow. But the other people, when they saw Jesus, they recognized him. You remember the ladies? The ladies were smarter than the men. I guess that's always been true, hasn't it? Girls, I'm trying to help you a little bit. The, the women right there, you know, when they went to the tomb, they recognized Jesus, didn't they? You know, one of the things that, listen, if this is not on your heart today, it will be. The first time you lose somebody you really love is, will I know them on the other side? When Jesus walked in the room, they knew Jesus. And when it says we will be like him, I think there's uh, certainly not only just a hope, but there's that confidence that you're not going to lose your identity of who you are. Isn't that great? I think that's a wonderful thing. Here's the second thing. The being like the resurrected Jesus has supernatural qualities. Well, of course it's going to. Here's just one in John 20, verse 19. See if you can pick up on this. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for the fear of the Jewish 
leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. Isn't that neat? Did you figure that out? How, okay, somebody tell me what happened. He walked through the walls. How many of you think that will be cool? If you're in heaven and your mansion is near somebody and you want to be Snoopy, you don't have to put your ear to the wall. You just walk on in, don't you? Well, we locked the door. This is heaven. <laughs> you won't have to worry. The people who'd rob you, well, they're, they're a little south of us. little hell humor, not ever received well. Folks, one thing about our heavenly bodies is that it'll be supernatural. I don't know everything that means, and, and, and nobody does. Anybody that begins to talk too much about that is, is doing a, a speculation. But one thing we know is that when we go to the other side, when we go to be with Christ, that we will have a, a body, a being that is recognizable. We don't lose our identity, and that is supernatural. And here's another thing that goes with this. We have natural qualities, and this would go certainly with the recognizable. And Luke 24, verse 38 through 43, listen to what it says. He said to them, why are you troubled, and why do you, your doubts rise in your mind? Look at my hands and my feet. Is it, my, is it, I, it is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they, were, they still not believe because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? Don't you like this? They gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he said, in heaven, we don't eat anymore. No, here's what he said. He took it and he ate it in their presence. Now, folks, I hope we have royal fish, but I hope we have ice cream, don't you? And I hope we have steak, and I hope we have biscuits. And I can tell you one thing that won't be in heaven, but will be in hell, and that's calories. Isn't that good? Man, we don't know. We, 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 don't, we have a glimpse of what heaven's going to be like, but we know this. That we're going to, the Bible says we're going to be like Jesus. And that means that we will be recognizable to one another. It means that we will have a supernatural body, but, but we will share some of our natural qualities here on earth. And here's the final thing that brings it all together. When you compare the human body to the resurrected body, you're, you're comparing the temporary to the eternal. Now, certainly this goes with perishable and imperishable, but I think it states it a little bit louder and clearer. Let's read verse 50 through 57. I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. This is the second coming of Christ. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound the dead will be raised imperishable. They were put in the ground perishable. And we will be changed, for the perishable uh, must close itself with the imperishable, and the mortal temporary with the immortality eternal. When the imperishable has been clothed with imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of the death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gave us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. C.S. Lewis, the great English writer, said, You never meet a mere mortal. Every person you meet is eternal. They're either going to have an eternal existence in being in hell, 
which the Bible describes as eternally dying, are they going to have this wonderful resurrected body that's eternal that will be in heaven? Folks, I think you, most of you are wise enough and you know that your earthly shell is temporary. The greatest of things here on this earth are temporary. Interesting, in 2002 at the Museum of Arts in New York City, a 15th century marble statue, priceless, of Adam was knocked over or it fell one evening when they came back the next day it was broken in pieces, and they first assumed that there had been a break-in or there had been uh, vandalism. But as they began to study what happened, and they looked at their video cameras, that this priceless, beautiful, 500-year-old statue crumbled under its own weight. Even a statue of Adam's not going to make it for eternity. We're going to make it for lucky, 60, 70, 80, 100 years maybe. But God says, when you trade in this suit someday, this temporary suit, you're going to get an eternal suit. And that's an awesome thing to ponder and to think about. I don't know if this is still practiced, but years ago in the Midwest, parts of Illinois and Indiana, when a farmer would occasionally lose a hand uh, or an arm in a farming accident, some of them would actually take it, the limb, to the undertaker. They would have it embalmed. They would have it frozen. And then when they died, 5, 10, 50 years later, they normally would wait till after the service was over, and then the undertaker would put that hand or that arm back next to that farmer's body because he wanted to be buried with his full body, his complete body. And, and you can have some sympathy and some understanding for that. You know, I think about that, and I don't think there's anything in the world wrong with it. And I think before you judge somebody there, you'd need to lose a hand and make uh, a walk-in-their-shoes kind of decision. But I think here's the great thing. Ultimately, as much as we'd like to live to be 120 and buried with a perfect, neat body that just died in its sleep at some point, you're going to lose this body. And if it lays in the ground long enough, even your bones begin to go back to, to dust. But God says that's not the end of the story. The end of the story is if you belong to Christ, what's waiting for you on the other side is a perfect and complete, forever, never wearing out, never getting old, never getting bald, never getting chubby, never having any problems, body, in Jesus Christ. That's a pretty awesome thing, isn't it? I, I want to ask you tonight, first of all, do you have a relationship with Christ? You, you won't get this body because you're sweet. You won't get it because you're a Baptist or a Methodist or a Catholic. You'll get it because you have a relationship with Jesus. If you don't, tonight come and give your life to Christ. Maybe tonight you'd like to join our fellowship. We would love for you to do that. I want to encourage you to come and join our church this evening. What about you, Christian? I want to read to you one last verse for you who are Christians. We hit on this last Sunday night. It's verse 58. It says, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. 
Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Here's what God's saying to us Christians. Guys, keep on keeping on. Some of us here tonight, we're letting up. We're slacking off. We're not where we once were with Christ. God says, look, what's waiting for us is unbelievable. You keep your hand to the plow, and you keep on keeping on until the Lord comes to take you. Christian, if you're not doing that, repent and make a decision tonight to be everything God's called you to be. Let's stand. And as we sing, I, I invite you to respond to Christ.